This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Equity Minds. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividends so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. I'm very self-conscious about the amount I'm saying I'm excited for these episodes, so I won't say it this time. I'll say I'm pumped for this episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever it is, always good to be chatting stocks and markets with you. Very interesting time at the moment. The last couple of days have seen some pretty significant falls both here in Australia and over in some international markets. The NASDAQ down almost 10%. S&P hit pretty hard. The ASX 200 here also down a fair bit, but I guess the key for us, Ren, is don't panic, don't pull your hair out. Not that you have much hair to pull out anyway. (laughs) We've had a lot of people send questions in asking us what we're doing and what we're looking at at this period of time, and I guess our first comment is we are trying not to look at the markets and at, at our portfolios. It's probably one of the worst things that you can do. But yeah, coronavirus taking a bit of an impact. Yeah, I think it's a temperamental thing. Like I have no qualms with looking at my stock portfolio being down, being 28 years old and have a long road of investing ahead of me. If you're someone who would worry about that and would really feel the emotion of the negative percentages, yeah, don't look. But don't panic sell as well. Yeah, it's the worst thing you can do. We put up something on Instagram and Facebook that sort of captured some of our thoughts and we pulled some numbers from CNBC from the reporting they've done around previous viruses. And look, the the big two takeaways are one, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Firstly, because the virus is actually just spreading more. We're, We're recording and just as Iran is really starting to sort of escalate. It's spreading quickly outside of China. So look, there's probably going to be more spread before it gets contained and the market will probably fall more if past pandemics, past disease outbreaks are any indication. But the second thing is that the market recovers. CNBC had a chart that said within, that sort of reported within six months after a lot of these disease outbreaks, things had normalized. In a lot of cases, the market was up again. Not saying the market will be up again this time, but it sort of just puts things in perspective. Yeah, you can almost look at it like a stock market sale. 
you know, from where we were three or four days ago, some of the stocks have come off pretty hard, particularly some of the big tech stocks over in the US. And if you're in a position to be able to put some cash into the market, it's something you might want to think about. Averaging in at a point like this where we've had a, a drop of, you know, 10% over on the NASDAQ provides some pretty good opportunities. So rather than think negatively about it, there's some opportunities to think positively uh, instead. So what we're going to do in this episode, Ren, is talk about the reporting season. It's come at a pretty interesting time, particularly when it comes to the outlook for the rest of 2020. Now, we've spoken to Julia Lee in our upcoming Mastermind episode, which was pretty interesting. So looking forward to releasing that one. But Ren, what we thought we'd do is go back to basics when it comes to reporting season and sort of go through what is reporting season, what are some of the key features for reporting season, but then what are we watching for personally during this reporting season? And then we'll close out with some of the more interesting reports that have happened so far and visit some of the equity mates picks that we've had this year, yeah, which I'm very much looking results. forward to. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get stuck into it. For people that have been on the journey with us, we've been through some reporting seasons before, but for new listeners and for our own benefit, a quick recap. So reporting season, what is it? What is it? Well, reporting season, all public companies are owned by their shareholders, both you and I, Ren, everyone else. Reporting season is when they, when companies report to their owners about how the business is going. So it's a pretty important time of year for investors to get some insight into how their investments and businesses are performing. In the States, most companies report quarterly, so every three months, and you get this feeling of a perpetual reporting season, which also has a bit of controversy around in terms of driving behavior. Very short term. Yeah. It just feeds that fire hose of content that uh, financial media loves though, so... Yeah, you can imagine how CEOs think and want to drive business knowing that every three months they have to put out a report for the performance of their company. Yeah, and I imagine that people being updated on their stocks in a formal manner every three months from the company drives buying and selling behavior as well. So it creates very short-term incentives both for the company and for people trading, which is probably not what you want. Yeah, well, the good news, well, depending on which way you look at it, is that in Australia, most companies report half yearly. Yep. And so they follow the financial calendar year, which is July to June. So they report their first half results, which is July to December in February, which is what we're seeing now. And then they report their full year results, which is for the period of July to June in August. So another period to be wary of. Yes. So a few a few things that you see in every reporting season. There's a few things that you know under law or under ASIC. Oh, sorry, yeah, ASIC or ASX regulation. They have to do. They have to report on their financial results. They have to update the market on anything material. And then there's some things that companies, well, most companies will choose to do. So a lot of them will provide earnings guidance. They'll generally distill a lot of their financial reporting into a results presentation which is usually like a slide deck that's a bit easier to digest. And they'll usually do an earnings conference call as well, which anyone can dial into. You know, you and I could pick up the phone at the right time, dial in the conference call, and then basically you can hear analysts question the company's leadership on certain aspects of their report. So it's a pretty comprehensive breakdown of where the company's at for Australia every half. And around that providing earnings guidance, something that happens before each reporting season is there's a period where companies have to 
update the market on any earnings revisions that is outside of their previous guidance. So that's where you might see there's been earnings upgrades or earnings downgrades and stock prices can swing dramatically when this happens. To give an example, you know, company X might have said previously that their earnings guidance is in within the range of 100 to 120 million dollars for the first half. As they go through that first half, they might recognize that actually, whoops, we have had a pretty bad sales period. And so we need to update the market to let them know that we're actually not going to hit that $100 million mark and we're going to be more around that range of $90 million. So you have to update the market and let them know that that's going to be the case. Just so that you're, pardon me, completely transparent with uh, your investors and, and the market, but you can imagine what impact that has if you come out and say that you have a downgrade. Conversely, positive news if you come out and say you have an upgrade. Yes, yes. So it is reporting season. By the time we release this episode, the bulk of companies will have reported. So we are going to talk about some of the things that we look for and that we've seen in the reporting season so far. We touched on coronavirus at the beginning of this episode. And I think that's really been the biggest talking point in reporting season. A lot of the company results haven't been too affected by coronavirus because if we think about the timing of when they're reporting, a lot of these companies closed their books on the 31st of December. That's the first half of the year done. And then they are reporting that to the market in February. So the true impact of coronavirus, the shutting down of supply chains, shutting down of factories, quarantining of people, all of that stuff is really going to come through in the financial results of half two. So we'll see that reported in August 2020 for the full financial year. But these companies, when they're updating the market, they're providing guidance, they're providing, you know, they're reporting on sort of material impacts to their business and they're providing commentary around coronavirus, which is really dominating the market sentiment, I guess, and the reaction to reports. So a few highlights that I've pulled out. And the first one that really broke Bryce's heart, really upset him deeply, which is that Rivers and Nonny B are forecasting a shortage of cardigans for this winter season. That's got to hurt. <laughs> Ren, my days of wearing cardigans are long gone. Oh, really? <laughs> I do still like Rivers. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> They've got great T-shirts. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. Great quality, low prices. Well, if you see Bryce shivering away in a short sleeve shirt over the winter months, it's because he hasn't been able to get his favourite I don't think cardigan. you're one to be commenting on fashion over here, Ren, <laughs> considering you own one T-shirt. Well, it doesn't affect me. I don't care how many retails the fashion supply chains get to disrupted because I never go to the shops. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so yeah, so that's one impact in terms of Chinese manufacturing supply chains disrupted. Some other key ones that we've heard, Seek, the job listing site, have come out and said it's impossible to forecast the effect on their full year results. And Seek is probably not one that you would immediately think they're going to be impacted by the coronavirus, but they're broadly exposed to the Australian economy as if the Australian economy slows down, if you know key importing and exporting industries are hiring less because they're making less money, Seek will be the second order effect of that. So it'll be interesting to see where those second and third order effects can really be seen in the economy. Qantas, Virgin, Air New Zealand are all cutting flights due to the virus. That's probably not surprising, but that will have an impact on their results. Ardent Leisure, the owner of Dreamworld, 
is forecasting lower theme park visits due to coronavirus. So again, that's probably not one that immediately comes to mind, but I thought thought that was interesting. And then if you think about more generally what's going to happen with the tourism sector, it's going to be really hurt. And not just from foreign tourists not coming in, but from Australian tourists not traveling as much. One Australian company that bucked to the trend that is actually doing particularly well from coronavirus is Ansel. The rubber glove or rubber product manufacturer is ramping up production of virus bodysuits and rubber gloves in response to unprecedented demand coming through from health authorities, governments around the world. So there's always companies that do well in any situation. And it looks like Ansel is one that may do well out of the coronavirus here. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. Well, if we turn to within ourselves, Ren, and have a look at what some of our stock picks have done in this reporting season. Well, hold on, hold on. Before we get to that, is there anything more, if we take a more general lens, Yeah. is there anything in particular that you've been watching, like any themes, any ideas, any investment theses play out or, you know, anything that you've you've been paying attention to? And then let's get into the specifics. Sure. I think about exchange rates during reporting season is important. Considering that the Australian dollar is on a down at the moment, and I think over the last couple of days, it's really taken a plunge. We're down in sort of the 65 cent range now. That has implications on the companies that you're investing in, in particularly for exporters. It's actually good news for exporters. So you'll generally see a sort of positive sentiment from exporters when it comes to reporting season and a low exchange rate because it makes their product a lot cheaper to buy for importers around the world. Thinking things like your commodities businesses, you know, people who are selling in uh, manufacturing to overseas, agriculture, all that sort of stuff. So if you do own companies that export, have good international markets, positive news. To make that really clear for people, if you're BHP, if you're Rio Tinto, if you're Fortescue, you're selling iron ore, which is denominated in US dollars. So wherever you're selling it, it's you're getting US dollars for it. And so by doing nothing more, by selling no more iron ore, by getting no better at you know mining, your Australian dollar revenue is higher just because every US dollar buys more Australian dollars when you convert it back. Yeah. yeah. So the other way to think about this is if you have investments in US dollars as well, to Ren's point, by doing nothing more than sitting your, your cash in these companies in US dollars, then you're going to be doing better off. So something to consider and something I have my eye on is the exchange rate at the moment. I'm also pretty keen on the retail space. As we know, I've uh, a couple of my picks recently have been in the retail space and very interested to see what impact this coronavirus is going to have. But more generally, if you're thinking about what's happening in the economy at the moment, we still have pretty low wage growth. Housing market is kicking up, which tends to have some sort of positive effect on people. And so I'm keen to see how that plays out over the rest of the year. We've had Coles and Woolworths both report. And so, yeah, keen to... And Maya has turned a profit for the first time in like nine years. Oh, first time that they've had profit growth in like nine years. There you go. Yeah. Smaller, smaller stores. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Ren? One other theme for me, the big traditional media companies are still struggling to figure out who they are and how they're going to make money going forward. Channel 7, Prime Media, Auster- Southern Cross, Ausstereo, this whole advertising transitioning from traditional media to people like us, podcasters, but more, you know, the Googles and Facebooks and stuff of the world is definitely a big theme. So definitely keeping an eye on that to see how that plays out. Yeah. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Nice. So, specific stocks? Yes. Anything to shout out about? Banks all seem to struggle. NAB's profit down 14%. Westpac profit down 15%. Combank profit down 4%. Seems like low interest rates, tougher regulation, more scrutiny. It seems to be uh, you know, not a great time to be a big bank. Macquarie Bank, on the other hand, bucking the trend. They're not going to deliver. They had a bumper profit last year. They crushed it last year. I don't think that they're forecasting that they're not going to hit that again, but they seem to be, you know, doing very well. Mm, mm. Similar to the coronavirus discussion before, I found out that Virgin owns Tiger Airlines. I actually didn't know that. So always learning something every reporting season. Origin Energy, a big energy generator, is being hurt by new government regulation on electricity prices, as well as outages across their coal and gas network. I think we're going to do a deep dive on the renewable energy sector at some point soon. But I think the energy industry, the electricity industry is very interesting, not from an investment standpoint so much. There's a lot of uncertainty there, but just from a big structural change in the economy perspective. So that's one I was interested in. Their uh, origins profit was down 31%. So not a great report for them. One name that I am always fascinated by, Blackmores. Yeah. Yeah. So their profit was down 46%. They're trying to do stuff like do vitamins for dogs now and all of that. But their share price is now in the 60s. And I remember when we were at uni in like 2015, their share price cracked $200. Yeah. They were the darling of the ASX. Yeah. 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 That exporting to China story was huge and they've really come off since then. So... Yeah, profit down 46%, not a great time for Blackmores. Two real highlights, uh, one that will make you quite happy, and then let's get into stocks that we've spoken about on Equity Notes before. Bunnings just continues to deliver. Why would that farmers. make me happy? No, 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 that's not the one that will make you happy. The next <laughs> I one do is like Bunnings. Bunnings. Everyone likes Bunnings. Like it is, It's already massive and it keeps growing. Their revenue increased 5%, their earnings increased 3% for a massive retailer in Australia. That consistent, slow growth is really impressive. And they are the jewel in West Farmer's crown. 
formerly Coles, but uh, debatable. <laughs> I think I think West Farm has sold almost five percent of their Coles stock because it's on it's on been on such a run. They, don't, they, they, they continue to demonstrate they say don't want it. West Farm shareholders that held their Coles they shares after the demerger would be very happy. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Bunnings uh, once again a really strong report. This is the one that I think will make you quite happy. CSL, the company that you bet me would have the largest market cap in Australia by the end of the year. Revenue up 8%, net profit up 7%. Without the impact of currency changes, their net profit was up 11%. And here's the news that will really make you happy. The stock is up 19% in 2020 alone and up 75% from when they reported this time last year. So going from strength to strength, the largest healthcare stock in Australia, and you're hoping to be the, soon to be the largest stock in Australia. Soon to be the largest stock in Australia. They have taken a hit of about 9% over the last few days. So Reg, their market cap at the moment sits at $140.97 billion on the day that we're recording this. CBA is still sitting above that at 151.09 billion. Not too far away. <laughs> so we need we need about what 10 billion. Although I've got to say a domestic bank compared to an internationally exposed healthcare provider. Imagine could, if CSL, CSL, could go two ways actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So still some room to run for CSL. Fingers crossed they can get there in the end. Ren, so let's Finally, turn closer to home. A couple of our picks. So, City Chic, which we've been talking about, which uh, is your stock of the which year, which is stock but, of the yeah. year. They had eleven point three percent comp growth, which we know in retail is an, is an important metric. Thirty nine percent growth in revenue, which is huge, and also a fifty three percent online sales penetration, which in retail is pretty phenomenal. So, their stock price jumped pretty significantly over their reporting season. So great news for me, my stock pick of the month. This month alone, they're up about 10%. So go City Chic. Breville as well, which we had in our Mastermind series sometime last year, revenue up 25.4%, which in, in retail at the moment is a phenomenal ex- result. And their net profit after tax, 14% as well. They're having uh, great success in the coffee market over in uh, North America and Europe. So uh, all things pretty positive for Breville. I always like seeing how our big retailers compare Woolworths and Coles. You and I have a bit of a rivalry there, so let's see how they stack up from a reporting point of view. Coles had a revenue increase of 3.3%. Woolies came in at 6%, so we had a pretty good first half. 2% comparable sales growth compared to 3.8 for Woolies, so they've come out on top there. And we are smashing you in the online department, Ren. 24% growth for you, 31% for us. You're also smashing us in the uh, underpayment of wages <laughs> department, your second announcement around that. So, uh, Didn't you see the other day that Coles have also announced that they Yeah, 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys have also underpaid, but anyway... Uh, Exponentially more from Woolies. And then Reg Atomos, which is your stock pick of the year. Do you want to address that or shall I yeah, go I'll, into that? Yeah, I'll give the spiel. So once again, it seems that either I can't pick a stock to save my life or I can't catch a break with this stock of the year competition. I'll let uh, you and the listeners be the judge. Atomos was up 13% into January. It was Things were looking good. And then coronavirus really smacked them in the face. 
They had to delay the release of new products because of factory closures because of the coronavirus. And so as with a lot of these really exposed stocks to the you know the Chinese supply chain to the coronavirus fears they've fallen a fair bit they've fallen about 37% since they hit their high in January so that hurts me but they reported they reported revenue up 35% and gross profit was up over 30% as well so good underlying numbers a lot of fear going forward and you can just see it in the the way the market reacted so the company reported in the morning after they reported, the stock was up 42%, shot up, and then it fell back a bit. It was still up about 28% for the day, but now it's down from that just because as the fears around the coronavirus you know, keep getting worse, there's a lot of concern for their supply chain. So uh, Atomos is down 29% overall for the year, and I am looking like I'm going to go... Uh, well, it looks like you're going to take the three-peat. Uh, you never know, Reg. You never know. Uh, to your point, underlying, it seems to, well, I guess the second half will be interesting to see what impact it has, the coronavirus has, but up 42%, 28% on the day. Can't complain with that. Well, yeah. Even though you're down I mean, it's, 29%. It's, it is a shallow consolation. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of our reporting season episode, Ren. Some pretty sort of interesting reporting there. I think the key call out from me is really don't panic if things go a bit awry in the reporting season. But to your point around Atomos, you want to be looking for the underlying fundamental things that are going on within the business and trying to refine your thesis from there, remove the distractions of noise. Do you have any sort of closing comments? Yeah, similar to that, like this episode, we threw out a lot of numbers. Profit up X percent, revenue down X percent, what the share market moved in the morning, what the share market moved in the day. It is easy to get overwhelmed by the amount of numbers that are thrown out at you during this reporting season. It, it, you know, we keep using the term a fire hose of content. It really is that. And you can really get buried in it. For me, at the end of the day, it's all about just taking that opportunity to look at the underlying performance of your company. How the stock market reacts is related to what analysts expected, to how the market's guiding for the future. There's a bunch of stuff that goes into the stock price movement. At the end of the day, read about how they're forecasting their business prospects, see if that matches your thesis, see if the underlying financials, the revenue number, the profit number, match what you think is going to happen to that business. And yeah, cut the rest of the noise out. Don't don't get overwhelmed by it. If you're wondering where we've found all of this sort of information as well, it's very easy to find Head to the company's website. They have all of their investor presentations, the nice whiz bang PowerPoints that they make, as well as all the market updates that they give. That's the first port of call. Second port of call would be to head to the ASX website, asx.com.au if you're in Australia. Likewise, if you're overseas looking for, for similar information, head to the website for your, for the, your exchange, uh, stock exchange. And thirdly, uh, if you are here in Australia as well, a lot of the big banks, I know Comsec, they do a pretty good summary of all of the major companies and their reports. They have a few videos and some bits and pieces that you can go in and have a read, as will some of your broker platforms as well. So there's plenty of information. They do a live blog on the AFR as well, uh, afr.com.au. So head there and you can keep track of all the companies that are reporting during the day and get a nice summary. So plenty of information. So we'll leave it there, Edge. Yeah, I just to add one other source. So 
similar. So I the two sources I used for all the information that I spoke about were one, Comsec and their earnings wrap. And then two, Sydney Morning Herald does a similar earnings season summaries, links to art, full articles about different companies. That's literally all you need to get started. And then if you want to, you know, actually invest in the companies, then go deep. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of summaries out there. Nice. Well, always good to chat stocks, Reg. Uh, sorry, huh. I can't. Call, I can't. I can't call you Reg. We've been copying some heat online. So, <laughs> Ren. <laughs> Look. Unless there's an interview guest, whatever Bryce is calling me, it's me. It's <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to go into the reasons as to why, but we'll leave it there. We'll chat next that's week. Not a, yeah, there's not a great story. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.